Creative Brain Candy by Creators for Creators. I want, we want, to help you to get back to that home. Why? Because you were created out of a remnant of a friend, Commander Data. Our very dear friend. And one hell of an officer. Mm-hmm. He gave his life to save mine. But that's not the main reason. Before your sister came to me, I was haunted by my past. And marking time, wasting my life. But now, I'm alive and I have a mission. Which means there's not a hell of a chance that you or anyone else can stop me. And welcome to Smoking and Drinking in Space. This is a sci-fi podcast from a couple guys who think they know sci-fi. And this week, we get a TNG reunion episode as Picard visits Starfleet's favorite power couple, Thryker. It's Star Trek Picard Season 1, Episode 7, Nepenthe. But first, he's the empathic Beta Zed who managed to settle down my head-tilted, bearded man-whore. It's James. How are you doing, James? Wow. You are a man-whore. Uh, and I know because I'm empathic, apparently. Yes. I've been called a lot of things. Empathic isn't one of them. Well, I, I'm trying to give you the benefit of the doubt here. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate yeah. it. And he's our role-playing, rabbit-killing loin spawn. It's Rob. How are you doing, Rob? I'm doing pretty good. I did take the venom out of the uh, rabbit thingy-majig. Oh, good. The so bunny corn? We're, we're not all going to die puking bile? Correct. Correct. Good, good, good. All right, so uh, first I want to say that uh, CBC is still up and running. Uh, We have several shows out uh, coming out this week. Bad Gamers Anonymous is going to be releasing a show where they review Jedi Dress Up, also known as Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. You're too rough on that game. (laughs) The game's okay. It's it's got some serious flaws, though. You're okay, and you have serious flaws. We keep you around. Well, good. I'm giving the game some credit. Just like I appreciate you giving barely. me some credit. Barely. And you barely give me any credit, so. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. 100% barely. Uh, Drunkenomics is also dropping, a, or has dropped a an episode this week, so uh, look out for that. Um, what's happening over at Simply Stogies, James? Uh, Simply Stogies, this weekend we just released our review of Stolen Thrones, Crook of the Crown, which was a follow-up to the previous episode that I released last weekend, uh, was an interview with Lee Marsh from Stolen Thrones. Uh, It was a great interview. Uh, It's a great cigar. Fantastic. I I won't spoil what we rate it, but you can go to simplystogies.com right now, and Mike Brieg, our lead reviewer and director of content, has up his full review at simplystogies.com, and you can read that while you're listening to the two of us talk about Crook of the Crown. Very cool. Very cool. Also, uh, we have our Keanu Reeves Day petition still up over at smokinganddrinkinginspace.com. So head over to that site. And up in the upper right-hand corner, it is uh, a link that says support Keanu Reeves Day. So 
head out to smokinganddrinkinginspace.com, click that link, and sign the petition. We can make, uh, hopefully, get Keanu Reeves Day a thing. So, How many people have signed it now? Uh, Four. No, no. It's uh, about double that. So like eight to ten, I think. At this point, how is this not trending world fucking wide? It's Keanu Reeves, guys. I don't know. We need to get we need to get the ball rolling on that. So tell all your friends, share it on social media, uh, get the word out that we want to make Keanu Reeves Day a thing starting in 2021. May 21st, 2021. Keanu Reeves Day going forward from then. Rob, you got any news for us this week? Oh, no, no, no. Wait, before we do that, we have a user review. Somebody left Uh us a review. Oh, no. (laughs) Can I apologize beforehand? Oh, God. It's actually a good review. Oh, that's good. All right. Let's hear it. So A.V. Hayes has uh, sent us a review. It's titled Great Picard Review. And he says, been looking, uh, been loving the Picard breakdowns. Your deep knowledge of all things Star Trek really helps me fully understand all of the fan service. Keep up the great work. P.S., your review of Star Wars sequels were also spot on. So thank you, A.V. Hayes. We appreciate you reaching out. And if he's would, talking about my review of the Star Wars movies, the Star Wars sequels. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm pretty sure yeah, we all shared there. the same intimate or the, <laughs> the, the same, uh, the same feeling on the Star Wars sequels. And wait, is he saying that Picard is nothing but fan service? No, I don't think so. No, I think he is he is he is saying that you do a good job of explaining all the callback notes. That oh, is the right. fan service that or okay. the fan all the all the little Easter? Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, right, yeah. I'm tracking now. I'm tra- thanks for the review, man. I appreciate it. That's awesome. I, I like when we get feedback from from our listeners. Yes, absolutely. Uh, do me a favor. Don't don't ever encourage James. It's not good. <laughs> No, he says the guy who's been called saddest. I don't. Dude, even I understand. am motherfucking saddest. You You're shut not. your whore mouth. This is the second time so far since I've sat down here that someone has told me to shut my whore mouth. Hmm. Yeah, but this is I the only time trend. it's been recorded. I know, but you know what? I, you're not the first that have said to shut my whore mouth. I won't be. You won't the be last. the last, right? Nope. You know why? Because I never shut my whore mouth. Rob, you got some news for us. I do. Let me guess. The first item is that there is a new episode of Star Trek Picard. <laughs> uh, actually, that was going to be my third news item. But since you brought it up, uh, there's a new episode of uh, Picard that came out this week. You should guys should go check it out. Yeah, I read about that earlier. Yep. Why did you read it? Why didn't you just watch it? Well, no, I read that they had released a new episode of Star Trek Picard. Oh. And it's over. I really 40 should minutes. watch that show. It is yeah. over forty minutes. It's like almost an hour. I was super excited. If that's all it takes to get you excited, your wife is on easy street. I don't know about that. But <laughs> <laughs> what else you got, Rob? Um. So some space aliens um, have been shooting um, their semen out into the world. And we found it. What? Or, uh, I yeah, think so you're science. confusing your your collection with with news. I think <laughs> no, I think no. you clicked the wrong link. <laughs> no, scientists. Space seed. Yes, 
Uh, scientists have claimed to find uh, to have found the first known extraterrestrial protein, which is also known as semen. Um, no, 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 in no, a meteorite. No, that's not. That's no. not an equivalent. Dude, I give you a protein milkshake every uh, week. Yes, and that's I refuse how you got to corona, take it. But Corona Media. Yeah, you're 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 getting the the thing backwards. So well, anyway, so a meteorite has hit the ground. Um, and, uh, some scientists found some protein in it. Uh, so they're all excited. Um, I'm just, in, well, okay, wait, let's not use, let's not use, uh, all of the, uh, uh, metaphors that you're using and then say that the scientists are excited. <laughs> they let's are just, though. Let's not do that. It's because it's alien protein. Well, let's all let's establish causation here. Is there protein on the meteor because the scientists got excited, or was there protein on the meteor before That's the a, scientists got right. excited? They're not saying. They're not well, saying. Okay. Because all I'm picturing now is a meteorite <laughs> splooging. A frozen a, splooge well, it, coming if down it's, from. Well, no, if it's re entered the atmosphere, that's what gets it excited the heat, the friction. Mm. From entering the atmosphere, right? Like, I'm oh, just, so I mean, if we're going to go down the porn rabbit hole splooging. of meteorites spooging, okay, like, that's what causes it. It gets super hot and then it hits the ground and releases. <laughs> For fuck's sake, this show's already weird. <laughs> so God, basically, uh, they found some uh, cyanide, which can play a role in building molecules for life, ribose, which is a type of sugar. Found in RNA, some amino acids, organic compounds um, that all form together or all combine together to form a horse space, semen. space splooge. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm, I think I'm confusing stories here. My bad. All right. Moving on from the sex habits of meteorites. What else you got, Rob? <laughs> uh, James? Yes, sir. Do you have $722? Uh, yes. Perfect. But, uh, but you, it's wrapped up in cigars. Do I need to liquidate <laughs> some cigars? You're going to need to liquidate uh, some cigars uh, because there is a company out there um, called Burn by Design uh, that has created a Darth Vader grill. Nah, it doesn't, yeah, whatever. Here's the thing about that kind of stuff. They it also have lasts. a Death Star fire pit. Yep, I've seen. Yeah, I've seen that. Like, this is all old news. Well, sorry. <laughs> why are we talking about? Bubble. Well, I, I don't understand why we're not talking about, because this would have been a great segue from meteorite spooge to horse spooge that William Shatner and his divorce got horse semen. Yes, he, he did get control of all of his horse semen in his divorce. Yes. Like, he lost That's the house. Sci-fi. Yeah, he gave up but the he, house in Malibu for the horse semen. For, for horse semen. Like you can't live in horse semen. Horse semen doesn't have a fucking ocean view. How do you wow, think he you keeps can his sell the horse semen? How do you think he keeps his <laughs> or, skin so smooth? Rubs it, rubs it all over. Semen's good for the wrinkles. Uh, yeah, is it? I've never uh, tried that, Rob. Like you should. I don't. Uh, I would rather not. I mean, Jason has told me all about it. Okay, now because you just, know he gives handies at the bus station. I know for like a nickel. I've heard. Yeah. But the bus station's cleaner than the truck stop. Yeah, yes. Uh, yeah, so the truck stops are out. filthy. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't do it at a truck stop. Who's ready for a pod crawl? <sighs> Please, sweet Jesus, give me a pod crawl. 
We can call it, I don't know, say a pod crawl. The pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Excellent. Insert it deep. Pod crawl. Kind of like a space suppository full of information. Flashback to the past where we left Jurati being stalked as she eats her sushi by Commodoro. O gives Jurati some grave news, and follows it up by forcibly mind-melding images of disasters brought on by synthetic life, which makes Jurati hurl her lunch. This will become a thing Jurati does. Morphous gives Neo the blue pill so they can track her and fast forward to the future where the La Sirena is tracked outside the artifact after Picard and other Dash beat feet to Napinthi. Romulan Cersei is killing XBs to get Hugh to tell her where the old man and the girl went. Nerissa has the attention span of a fruit fly, so she kills the rest of the XBs, tries to make Hugh feel bad about it, and swaggers off. Elna, still playing the littlest ninja, catches up to Hugh and they head to the Queen's Chambers where a powerful energy awaits. Narek takes a Romulan fighter to track the La Sirena, and Romulan Cersei releases the tractor beam. Rios, who seems to get dumber every episode, plots a course to Napinthi while Rafi is the only one that questions why they were let go. Meanwhile, Picard and other Dash arrive at Napinthi where they are immediately mugged by a 12-year-old cosplayer. It turns out it's the child of Troy and Riker, now known as Troy Riker, and she takes them to their cabin in an idyllic valley where the very soil has regenerative properties, but the rabbits terrorize the populace with their venomous ways. Troy welcomes Picard and other Dash, and upon hearing there is danger afoot, will activates Fortress Troy Riker complete with anti-cloaking scans. Paranoid much? Anyway, Kestra pesters other Dash as she is probably the only person remotely close to her age that she's had the chance to talk to in a long time. And Kestra is fascinated with Data, so other Dash being Data's daughter is gravy on the pester poutine. Picard wants to keep Riker and Troy in the dark to keep them out of danger, as if just being there doesn't put them in danger, and Riker calls him out on his bullshit and figures it all out anyway. With the help of the Troy Riker family and wood-fired pizza, Picard begins to gain the trust of other Dash. Back on the mermaid, Rios figures out they are being followed. Jurati is freaking out because she knows they are tracking them through her, and she's still fucked up about killing Maddox and doesn't want to get anywhere near other Dash. Rafi is picking up on the clues, and makes moves to both console Jurati and interrogate her with massive amounts of cake. However, Jurati is a nervous puker, and the combination of remembering Maddox, hearing their shadow has found them again after they tried to shake it, and the two and a half plates of cake and chocolate milk, she hurls all over the floor of the mess hall. In the infirmary, Rios tells her he thinks it's Rafi that's being tracked, despite all of the visual clues directly in front of his face showing that Jurati is the one giving them away. Rafi announces their mystery ship found them again and Rios heads to the bridge. Jurati, whose conscience is about to explode by this point, decides to irradiate herself to get rid of the tracking, which puts her into a coma after the EMH intervenes. On the artifact, Hugh and Elna are intercepted by Romulan Cersei and her goon squad, which Elna kills quickly. Then Romulan Cersei challenges Elna to a fist fight for some stupid reason, but ends up knifing Hugh and noping the fuck out when Elna tries to knife her. Hugh dies and Elna calls for seven of nine reinforcements. On Napinthi, Picard and Riker have a tender moment, Kestra and other Dash have a tender moment, and Roll Everyone says goodbye as Picard and other Dash beam up to the La Sirena. Credits. Yay. <laughs> yeah, so this is the... <laughs> This is the Star Trek TNG reunion that we've been looking forward to since the beginning of the series. And it, there was a ton of fan service done in this episode, but I think, and it took me a second viewing to really come around to this conclusion. I think they balanced it fairly well. I agree. 
I liked it the first time, but I wasn't sure that I liked it the first time I watched it. So today it's beautiful out, 70 degrees here. It's absolutely gorgeous. I went outside, lit a cigar, and I watched the episode again. And watching it the second time, you really get a sense of what the what the director, what the writers, and even what the actors are trying to convey. Because there's a lot of things that they really had to kind of jam in this episode. And a lot of it's fan service, yeah, but a lot of it is also very pertinent, very relevant to the story that they're trying to tell. Absolutely. And I think I think this episode is the quintessential setup ep- episode for the next, which is basically going to be, I mean, it's I know it's two episodes, but it's a two-parter. It is the season finale of Picard. And like most it's season finales, in, is there, are, so I, I think it's uh, the next three are going to be it. These are the the three that we're that are really going to make us go, wow, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, I, and they're I, all forty minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you! No, they're not. Uh, <laughs> they better not be. Now, these next three episodes, I think, are going to be jam packed full of shit. Um, I think yes. they were taking a break on this episode. They were kind of, you know, easing everybody back, coming down to this this kind of valley in the in the climax. Um, where because everything's going to ramp up in these next three episodes. So the next episode is episode eight, and then it is a two-parter. Episode nine and ten for the season finale is a two-parter. So, um, but yeah, there's there's um, they're 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 setting up the pieces for some kind of of final showdown or finale. One of the questions that I have is, and I missed this. For a couple of episodes, I think I briefly thought about it last episode and then forgot to ask about this. But um, when they were talking about uh, the planet that had Maddox's lab where uh, presumably other Dodge and Dodge were made. Did did Maddox have two labs? Because whenever he went to go see uh JJ, he said that the Tal Shiar had destroyed his lab. I believe he was referring to the lab that he had on Earth at the Daystrom Institute. Because Starfleet confiscated everything. Well, yeah, so but, but he said that Tal Shiar he, had destroyed his lab and he wasn't going to be able to pay thinks, her back. He, he thinks, thinks they're working in concert. Yes. He is under the assumption that uh, the Tal Shiar have infiltrated Starfleet. That's why yes. he sent Dodge to earth and other dodge to tell Shiar headquarters. But that doesn't make sense. I mean, <laughs> why 14 years later would he go to JJ saying that they destroyed his lab? Cause he, he hasn't been on earth for 14 years. He disappeared Nobody after, after where the he Mars was for 14 years. Yeah. He disappeared no, after saying. Mars. I, I, right. So I see what you're saying. So he disappeared and for 14 years, nobody knew where he was in the, in that 14 years. He went to bedazzled JJ and said, hey, I need money for a lab. Mm-hmm. And she said, sure, I will sell some of the bedazzlements off of my JJ and get you a lab. Right. So he went and he got the lab and then the Tal Shiar destroyed it. So he, you're right. He must have two, la- uh, two, two labs. Yeah, because otherwise they would know what planet he was on. I mean, they, that which w- makes sense. Yeah. Which Maybe makes his sense. first lap was on Free Cloud. I, I would imagine. His, I would his, imagine his main lab or, or his non-secret lab. 
So what he was, yeah, like he had to have a secret lab. He had to have uh, the Bat Cave. He had an, like, uh, he had a Dodge lab. <laughs> because if he didn't, I mean, it, it, it pretty easy to track, right? I mean, they lost Starfleet may have lost track of him for fourteen years. The Tal Shiar is not, or more specifically, the Zot Vosh. So he had to have one that was a front where he was doing work, or at least it looked like he was doing work, and then he had one where he was doing the real work. Have and I can't remember for sure. Have we established that Maddox is the one who created Dodge and Other Josh? We no. know that his research contributed. We are assuming we are that ass- yeah. at the moment. So he did say he did say he sent them. He sent yeah. them. Yes, he sent them. He did say he sent them. I don't know if he actually created them though, because he did say, uh, you know, uh, he was talking to Picard in the episode where he died. He was talking to Picard. And he was like, well, there's another. He's like, yeah, no, I know there's another. We're going to go get her right now. <laughs> right. So he had a hand in it. At the very least, he had a hand in it. I, so I, maybe it's my honest opinion. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's lore. You think it's lore? Yes. You think they're going to bring back lore? Yes. Uh, how does that be, fit? I mean, I can certainly. It, it's going to be at the very end. I can certainly see that the other Season lab isn't two. Maddox's lab. And I can certainly see that the the figure that other Dodge can't see the face of wouldn't be Maddox. But I don't know that that's be- lore. Uh, because for every time that lore was lore. I mean, when I think of lore, I think of the original Loki. Trickster. Sure. Mischievous. Sure. Like, so, but there were, there were moments and especially in the episode and it's escaping me the name of it where the uh, homing beacon in data was triggered and he took over the enterprise and he locked everybody out of everything and then he took off <laughs> and it took, it took the bridge crew of the enterprise, the flagship of the Federation took them hours to undo what data did. And then track him to the planet. Well, that was that was yeah. when uh, Noonien Soong called out to him, right? Right. And it also called Lore. Right. And Lore, while he used it to his advantage, he was very much, there were moments where he was, I don't, I don't want to say where he was uh, uh, contrite, but there were moments of, you could tell he was regretful for certain things. So you think Lore has a conscience? I do. I, I he has he has the emotion chip. Well, yeah, like but just fir- because you have emotions doesn't necessarily mean you have a conscience. No, but Noonien Soong created Lore to have a conscience, and the chip that he gave him wasn't perfected. It wasn't right, and he tried to take Data's chip and use that because he was jealous of Data, because Data was going to get the chip that wasn't flawed. Data was going to get the chip that was that was going to help him integrate emotions into his programming. Right. Well, and it wasn't all, and it wasn't just that the chip was flawed. It was that um, uh, Data didn't get it originally, so that he could learn what was right and what was wrong, and that kind of deal without emotion being put Correct. into it. Correct. And then be able to handle the emotions after that, because uh, he's essentially a. a a toddler, right? Right. So and they a, and a man's body that can snap you in half. So they wanted to establish well, his morality toddler. before he got messy emotions yes, in the way. A baseline correct. 
Yeah, baseline, well, no, what's I, right, what's wrong. When I mean toddler, I mean toddler in terms of of uh, social interaction. He oh, has yeah, okay, yeah, right, for sure. Not not the mentality of a to- toddler, but the the morality of a to- toddler social or the social interaction. Yeah, social yes. development. All right, I, I think that's fair. So, Lore does have those moments. Lore's not all bad. I mean, he he's he's not. And so now that Soon is dead by the hands of Lore. And his brother, Data, is dead from a self-sacrifice. I feel like maybe Laura is looking at his life going, man, like, what's my legacy? Yeah. I think it's the same thing that, that everybody goes through. And there's a lot of, in this series, uh, sibling uh, themes that are going on, right? Dodge and other Dodge, Data, Lore, uh, Thaddeus, and uh, Kestra. So there is, there's, there's a lot of sibling things. It would not shock me if Laura is the one who created, who helped create these new lives. Yeah, I can see that. And I mean, it's, it plays to the natural drive for life. I mean, if, if Laura is truly alive, then one of the, one of the needs of life is the need to procreate. So to reproduce and, and extend your legacy. Yeah. So I, I think that's a, a possibility. I think it's an outside possibility. I, I, like, I don't think that that's where they're going with it. I hope that's where they're going with it, but I don't, I don't know if that's really what they want to do. I, I, I guess we'll see. I think there's, I, I'm still really confused on the whole Zod Vosh thing. I'm still really confused on how the Romulans play into this and why they're so against AI. There's a lot of things where I'm just going, huh? And I know we got to see what the Romulans saw what the Zot Vosh see and, and we got to see like all mashed together in a mind meld. Like when did fucking Romulans learn to mind meld? She's not a Romulan. She's Vulcan. So, she, but she's Zot Vosh. She is Zot Vosh or at so least Vulcans, she's working with the Zot Vosh, but she's not, she's not a Romulan. She can mind meld and Romulan Romulans have not shown any capacity of right, mind. That's what I'm saying. So now it's an even bigger conspiracy. Like, why are the Vulcans involved? Well, but the the whole thing with with uh, Rafi was that both Starfleet and the Romulans are working together. It's this secret cabal, this uh, whatever it is of eight. This what is it? Council of Eight. That would wow. Okay, if they're going to go in this like this New World Order, fucking Illuminati, goddamn Council of Foreign Relations bullshit with Star Trek, I don't know how I'm going to feel about that. I really don't. I will reserve judgment until I see that. I mean, but it, but that's it, the way they're going. It makes sense like the, the how a Vulcan would be involved with that, though. Is oh, if well, sure. they're part of the Council of Eight, you figure, you know, if it's Starfleet and Romulan, uh, the Romulan Empire working together, then Vulcans are going to be involved somewhere. Yeah, and I, I think O is of that um, Vulcan sect that doesn't, necessarily suppress emotions um i I don't know about that not no no the only reason why i say that is because when she was doing her mind melt thing at the end she was screaming about it well i think she was go ahead i mean rami vulcans can show emotion spock showed emotion on many occasions he was only half vulcan try again okay fair point fair point uh but I mean, under duress, I don't think I've ever, I, I don't think Vulcans are 
going to suppress everything. And, uh, and part of that goes to uh, Sarek, the episode where Sarek needed to mind meld with Picard and TNG because he was losing his mind. Well, but that was that was a disease. That was something in his head that was keeping him from suppressing his emotions. He was losing his fucking mind. Right. Okay. But that we've, we've established that if you know this secret, it will drive you mad. Yeah, that's true. So I don't see that, out, that being outside the realm of possibility that if she is indeed a Vulcan, that, <laughs> uh, you know, knowing this secret is she's gonna well show emotion. Have either of you seen the individual images that they showed during that mind meld? No, no, I, didn't I do don't. That. I don't do that much research. Okay. So if you look at the individual images, um, those, those points where it shows her screaming, you can see these, what looks to be kind of these black metallic looking things on her face. I think there's something that infiltrate it's, it's some kind of maybe virus or something, uh, some synthetic virus that takes people over or, or causes some kind of infection. And like she looked board? like she was in pain rather than, you know, going mad. Or maybe she was going so, mad from pain. So that brings up an interesting uh, an interesting thing. There is a theory out there um, that part of that uh, uh, part of that flashes of what's to happen mm-hmm. is uh, hinting towards control. Yeah from discovery yeah it's the ai from discovery somebody did a lot of or somebody did a comparison of the images on the mind meld and discovery with the mind meld that that o showed and there's a lot of similarity in those images yeah and control took over people using nanobots right in discovery right so so they may be tying into to that hmm. plot line and discovery except that uh, supposedly discovery took control to the future to keep it out of, out of, uh, the hands of people. And then how, how did so we'll Bosch find out about it eons yeah. ago? Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I, I, I'm not convinced that that's, that's the thing either. Uh, another theory is the captain that Kestra was texting with at the end of the episode. Yeah. What's his name? Uh, captain Crandick or something like something that. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's a theory that that's Q. No shit. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, the the theory said because Kestra says that this captain claims to have been from everywhere from Tyken's Rift, which is a callback to a TNG episode where they were stuck. If everyone remembers the uh, two eyes in the dark. Yeah. The moon. Yeah. 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 Uh, that episode. That's Tyken's Rift, uh, and then all the way to somewhere else, and. Riker just kind of laughs him off as a crazy old man, right? Like he's like the OB one, like, nah, that's a crazy old man. Don't worry about it. He's broken too. It's not just a ship. The captain's broken too. Ha ha ha. Kronos was the other place. Yeah. Kronos, which is the Klingon homeworld. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and apparently those two are far, far away from each other. I don't know. I'm not looking at a goddamn space map. So she texts him and he immediately knows about this vague, Fuck it, like off of the, just the thinnest of descriptions. And it doesn't he, have a name. It has a number. It doesn't have a name. It has a number, right. Which means that it's probably not inhabited. So he's like, he immediately knows what it is. Then 
he has given this broken, quote unquote, compass to Kestra, the daughter of Troy and Riker, knowing that Kestra will one day run into Soji. And then she will then give it to Soji. And that compass is not, quote unquote, broken, but will help lead her to where she needs to go when they do arrive on this planet. Why? Because he's fucking Q. Okay, that's an interesting theory. And it'd be maybe kind of cool, depending on how they write that. If Q's not in this fucking <laughs> series, I'm going to be so mad. Excuse me, goddamn Q. That's all I want is Q. Just want Q. That's it. Just want, John Delancey is so fantastic as Q. As I, let's give him his due. He was at the beginning of TNG. He was at the end of TNG. And then they were like, well, we're going to do movies and we're not going to do a Q. Why the fuck not? Uh, they were too busy putting him in Voyager. Ugh. Anyway. So, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a prevailing theory. My theory is this, is that season two, Riker's coming out of retirement or he's on active. He's on active uh, reserve right now. Active reserve. Right. So he's, he said, and he said, I'd have to be a pretty damn good reason for me to, to, you know, go back out there. I think season two is that pretty damn good reason. Yeah. Or, or we'll see that at the end of season one, they'll, yeah. they'll call him in. Something will happen and they'll start calling in the, the reserves. Yeah. I, I really think that that's going to be a thing. Um, I don't know if they'll be in every episode cause it's Picard. It's not, you know, the next generation part due. So they may not be in every episode, but I have a feeling that we're going to see Admiral Riker once again on the bridge of the enterprise with captain Worf with probably fucking LaForge in tow. And, I don't and, know that they'll put him on the Enterprise. They may give him another ship, but who LaForge? No, Riker. No, Why Riker will go just the, go he's the to admiral. the Enterprise because he's no, an admiral. yeah, right. He's the admiral. He can choose whatever ship he wants. Well, no, he's still a captain. No, he's an admiral. Uh-oh, no, he's go. still a captain. They introduced him as Captain Riker. Right. They actually introduced uh, him as Commander Riker. No, they introduced her as Commander Troy. He said Commander Riker. I've, I'm telling you, he said Commander Riker. He said Captain Riker. I'm telling you. Maybe it's just my mind. Like, it's I was just Commander, Commander Riker. Troy. Um, <laughs> I know it's Commander Troy. <laughs> is, well, shit. Are you it doing research is, on the fly? I am. Um, the fastest thing I could find is he was, uh, his current assignment was Commander of the USS Titan. Yeah, that was the last thing. That was after Nemesis. Yeah. Uh, this doesn't have anything for Picard. Uh, it's probably something different. Yeah. Let's go to good old, good old Memory Alpha, the Wikipedia. Memory Alpha, the Wikipedia. Yes. Of everything Star Trek. While he's looking at that, I have he been is reading. Still captain, apparently. Yeah. Wow, the guy doesn't want fucking promotions. No, he doesn't, no. dude. It took him fourteen <laughs> years just to get. Well, he uh, turned down a promotion whenever yeah. he was he on the Enterprise. Down seven promotions on the yeah. Enterprise. Seven. They wanted him to be a captain seven times, and seven times Riker said, nah, fuck it. I, I'm staying I'm here. Happy, happy where I'm at. I, I like the Enterprise. I like watching Worf give it to Troy. I'm all about it. <laughs> right. Who's going to wax JL's head if I leave? Right. <laughs> well, 
And I think that kind of goes to the, their family. They're, it, they're right. more than just a crew. I yeah. get that. I, I'm not uh, trackers out there that are listening to this. I'm not poo pooing it. I'm just saying as a character, he was out offered captain seven times and he refused. I'm going to guess he was offered an admiral ship, the admiral, the rank of admiral several times. And he said, nah, I'm, uh, I'm thinking, so I'm thinking in that, that was, uh, that was family related. Uh, cause oh, they kind of, sure. they insinuated that Thaddeus, uh, was 18. Uh, he would have been yeah. 18. Well, yeah, but he was born on a ship and yeah, they said he was he had, born and raised on starships. He would he had always yeah. wanted a home world of his own, so he made right, his right. own. So then he gets sick with that that silicone virus, silicone based virus, and they can't do anything about it. So he says, "Fuck y'all! I got to go to this healing planet, and hopefully this might help." Yeah, yeah, that's probably why he retired was so that he could take care of Thaddeus in his last right. days. But the fact that they said. Because Troy says he was he was raised on starships, plural, not starship, makes me think that Riker took other jobs, other command posts, other than captain of the Titan. Yeah, I, well, I mean, he was at least captain of another ship because, uh, like I was about to say before, I have been reading Last Best Hope. Um, I'm a in in chapter five right now and it's actually filled in a lot of the backstory as to what happened uh before the mars incident and how jl got um got the position on on rescuing the romulans how he met rafi um how laforge uh became uh the executive on uh what is it the um planitia mars yeah. 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 Utopia Planitia. Utopia Planitia. Um, YouTube Planitia. Is that what you were going to say? Yes. Yes. YouTube Planitia. Mm. Thanks, Ron. Uh, oh God, I hate you. Uh, I do too. <laughs> so, but no, so it, right? it fills in a lot of, a lot of gaps. And when um, Picard, Picard was still a captain at the beginning of the book. He did not get to the rank of Admiral until he took on the assignment for the, the, the Romulan rescue. In fact, the the current the current CNC Clancy Admiral Clancy, she was still a captain. Whenever she was a she was the assistant to the CNC back then, and she was still a captain. And she wasn't a captain until after Picard had already become an admiral. So it's it's I'm like I said, I'm only in chapter five of the book, so I don't know how she rose into CNC. But uh, anyway. I forgot my point. That's so you rambled too far. <laughs> well, it's because you interrupted me with your bullshit. I think the point well, is maybe that Starfleet has become stingy. With oh, no, no, captains. no, no. The, the, the point was Riker wasn't on the enterprise. Worf was the XO on the enterprise. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, but he was somewhere else. I don't think he was just the, the captain of the Titan. I think he was some, something else. Yeah. He was probably he was a, a captain, captain of something, of something else. else. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. So when, when, when we watched this, when, when you, you watched it before I was able to watch it mm-hmm. and you said you, you were not a fan of Kestra. I was not a fan the first time I watched this episode of Kestra. No, I thought which, she was an annoying little shit, which by the way, Kestra is an Easter egg. Troy's sister. Yep. 
was named Kestra and yep. Kestra drowned when Troy was just a, an infant. Uh, and Troy never knew about her because her mom locked it away in her memory. And there was a whole TNG episode around that. There were a ton of Easter eggs in this episode. I mean, we, I'll, we'll get back to Kester here in a second. There were a ton of Easter eggs. Uh, find that episode. I don't have that episode again off the top of my head. Uh, the ones that I remember are more Picard-based. So if you want to know about Picard's heart, uh, you can watch the season two episode where uh, the shitty doctor uh, has to, <laughs> yeah, has to uh, operate uh, on his heart because uh, because it, it's a there was some kind of failure. Yeah, and she so, had to replace the the artificial heart. Right. Uh, which the name of that episode? God damn it! I I knew. Um, I had it, and now I've lost Samaritan it's, Snare. Yeah, it's actually a really cool episode because it shows kind of a, a chain of events of uh, what if Jean-Luc hadn't been stabbed in the heart? What would uh, his that's career? Actually, nope, that's Tapestry. That oh, is a different episode. It was a different episode. My bad. But yes. So that episode, Q let everyone think. Oh, he was that's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and then took him back in time and said, I'll give you a choice. You might live if I take you back the way you are, or you might die. So the choice is this. Do you want to do you want to change the decision you made that ended up with the consequence of you getting that artificial heart? Or do you want to leave everything alone and go back to the way it was and maybe live, maybe die? And Picard said, no, I, I, I'll, I'll take the chance and I won't do what I did before, which was get in a fight with Nausicans, a bar fight with Nausicans. Uh, and then Picard chose not to do that, talked everybody out of the fight. And then he ended up like a fucking lieutenant junior grade. Yeah. Like, like he wasn't anybody. And he hated, he hated his life as it was. And he couldn't stand it. And that's the thing I always liked about Q. He's always trying to teach you something. Yeah, like, that hey. was a good episode. And yeah. Picard is one of the only patients to be on Pulaski's operating table and survive. No shit. No shit. I'll never forget. There was a book. Uh, it was like the Trekkers, like the ultimate Trekkers guide or whatever to the next generation. And the author hated Pulaski so much. And I, I just remember, <laughs> I remember when, when, when you got to season three and he said, and with much rejoicing, Dr. Beverly Crusher is back and Pulaski is gone forever. <laughs> he was just so happy. I was not a fan of Pulaski at all. Like she was not, but I, I liked Crusher a lot, probably because Crusher was a lot more attractive then. Pulaski and I was just a young lad finding my wiener. So God. I was all, I was all about Beverly Crusher. Uh, but back to Kestra, you thought she was annoying. I didn't, I, I, I want to choose my words carefully here. I wasn't for or against her. Like I was kind of indifferent the first time I watched it. Mm -hmm. The second time I watched it, I understood what her role was. And again, it goes to the whole sibling theme. So she aches is Troy's words for Thaddeus. Right. She misses her brother. And now Soji comes along and Soji is very wary of this position she's been thrust in. She doesn't trust Picard at all because of what uh, space. <laughs> I was, I was going to uh, the, the space king killer, whatever the fuck. Narek, uh, what he did to her and how he manipulated her and used her just to get information. 
And so she doesn't trust anybody and she doesn't think anything's real at this point because her entire world has just been turned upside down. And Kestra's role is to be the sister because now she can, she's like, she's latching onto her because she so wants another brother or sister. And she knows it's impossible now because Troy is old as fuck. So she knows she's not going to get another brother or sister. And so she, Soji comes along and she's vulnerable and she like, that's Kestra's job. Kestra's job as a character is to bring Soji to where she needs to be and have her to understand, Hey, we're, we're a family. Like we've always been a family. Like I've met Picard maybe once <laughs> and he's still fucking family because I trust my dad. And my dad says he's the greatest starship captain that ever lived. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, that was Kestra's job. And in that, it, it, when you look at it from that dynamic as Kestra wanting to have another sibling so bad because she misses Thaddeus so much. And she's so happy when, when Soji's learned the language in <laughs> two minutes, like read the book in 30 seconds and understands this language that her brother, who is obviously smart as fuck, created. Like she misses that. And so she sees this brilliance. In this android, Soji, she sees this mind that is so much like her brother's, who was obviously very talented, very bright, had a bright future, but was cut short tragically because real isn't always better. Right. Not only that, but she is fascinated by data. I mean, she's heard tales of data from both her mom and her dad, and it's it. she's fascinated by... Data as an android, data as somebody who is striving, trying to be human and and his trials and tribulations, trying to find his humanity. And the fact that she's data's daughter is is further enhancing her 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 sibling kind of love for for other Dodge. Well, how many times do you think this conversation was had between Troy and Riker where it was if only data were alive? If only oh, Data didn't have to sacrifice himself, Thaddeus would still be here. Oh, right. Yeah. Because the, the silicone-based disease that he had was easily cured with, with an active positronic, positronic matrix. Right? Yep. So, I mean, she's had to have heard that. And so in her mind, not only is, you know, Commander Data their dear friend and one hell of an officer, but he's he was the the one thing that could have cured her brother. And now here is his daughter in a manner of speaking right in front of her. And she's going to latch on. She is going to bring her into the family. Like there's just no doubt about it. And I'll be honest when I started thinking about it in those terms, smoking my cigar today, I got, I I got a little choked up. Because like, so, I don't know if you guys have brothers or sisters, but I mean, that's a pretty, it's a powerful thing. So here's, here's my one problem with, not, not with this whole thing, but with that, that silicone based thing, they know this virus exists and, and they know that the only way to do it is with, or to cure it is with a positronic brain of some sort you would think that they would have one in reserve 
that they could tr- switch on and fix these things in some sort of medical facility. Yes, I know that you know your everything has been banned and everything, but you can you can make you can have a positronic brain on a head. And that's all it's doing. I mean, they they did that in, well, shit, they did that in Nemesis with B4. You know, they turned the fucker on and he sat there and he was a talking head. You know, they could do the same sort of thing to cure these particular types of diseases. Well, I think that goes to speak to the absolute knee-jerk reaction that happened after the Planitia Utopia um, incident happened. So they just banned all synthetic life and and all untheoretical or non-theoretical any practical research into synthetics after that point. So they're they're just wiping the slate clean, and not even for medical purposes will they allow any kind of synthetics to happen. And I wonder if that's part of or driven by the the underlying cabal that that made the Mars incident happened in the first place. It could be. I mean, I think you're right. I think it goes to the seriousness of it. It's not, but it also, it also goes to the, the rarity of the disease. If you've got, if you have a galaxy or a, a, a two, two quadrants of a galaxy that only a handful of people, less than, you know, half a percent get this disease. Is it worth, the risk of letting positronic matrices, you know, matrices run wild. (laughs) Probably not. So sounds like something in Rob's collection. Maybe. Um, Positronic matrices gone wild. Yep. Yes. Yes. Uh, There's (laughs) lots of lights and flashy things and (laughs) motors. It's very very cerebral. (laughs) Nicely played. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> so uh, I, I had a couple of notes that I put down here that I thought was kind of interesting. So um, uh, Deanna Troy's hair is a wig. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, they do. They do wigs. For some reason, Gene Roddenberry had a hard on for wigs and every female character pretty much didn't use their natural hair. Well, they started using her natural hair, I think, towards the end of TNG. Mm, yeah. Actually, barely. that wig. <laughs> that wig so, is from Nemesis. It is. Because and remember she stole last it. Week? Yep, she stole it. Remember last week I told you that uh, Riker didn't know when he was directing the two episodes that he directed, he had no clue that they were going to call him back to do this episode? Yeah. Okay. The same thing happened with her. They were like, hey, we want you to come in. And we want you to come in like fucking right now. And she's like, uh, okay, do you have a wig? And they're like, nope. She's like, ah, oh, it's cool. I stole mine from Nemesis. I'll bring it with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's the exact same wig from Nemesis that she had stolen. So I thought that was kind of interesting. So she was wearing um, a wig in Nemesis? Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I'm kind of curious and I'm looking up here if there's any like. Any current images of, yeah, so her hair is like naturally like real flat and uh, uh, it's more of a brown than a black. See, I thought they'd gotten away from the wigs like in the last season of two or TNG because her hairstyle was totally different 
in those seasons where she started wearing an actual uniform rather than the cat suit. Hey, 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 hey. Again, young man found the wiener. <laughs> I like the cat suit. Well, yes. The, the the cat suit was definitely attractive, but it also I mean, she was dressing. She was like set dressing at that point too. I mean, they really didn't use her character as much of anything except for maybe a plot device when they needed well, her empathic abilities. Well, yeah, I, I agree with that for the first five seasons. That's pretty much what she was the last two seasons. When she got into command, she ended up working her way up to what third, third in command on the enterprise or some bullshit like that. She, um, they, they had a bigger role for her in the beginning. And you see that in far at, at encounter in far at encounter, at Farpoint, and you saw the dynamic she had with Riker where the two of them could communicate telepathically, and that was supposed to be the plan from the beginning. Um, and, you know, the whole Imzadi thing, which got brought up this time where he calls her Imzadi after she tells Picard, yeah, you fucking deserve that, asshole. Like, the push that Soji gives him, she's like, nah, you deserve that. Uh, he calls her Imzadi. Like, <laughs> shut the fuck up, Riker. But they just wanted to give Riker something to say there that was a callback to Imzadi, which was what they are, where they were basically joined uh, telepathically because they had such a huge bond, uh, this this strong bond, which is why he was all right with Worf giving it to her, because she was his Imzadi. <laughs> you think sometimes he was all right with it? Sometimes when you go Klingon, you do, in fact, go back. <laughs> Funny. Okay. Funny. Thanks. I, you know what? I, I worked on that all week. That's the best I could come up with. Um, I really wish they would just kill off Romulan Cersei. Ready for her to be gone. <laughs> she won't. Nope. She's too, she's too hot. Number one. She is hot. I'll one. give her that. But God, she sucks. Why does she suck? Why? What part? Like her acting? Well, no, her or acting is okay. The character just sucks. I mean, it's it's all just, you know, kill this, kill that. I have no fucking depth of character in me whatsoever. And she does, they write her to do stupid shit, like put down her blaster and fight hand to hand against uh, Elnor. What the fuck was that about? No, you just shoot because him and you move on. she needed on. to test his true worthiness as one of those battle the sisters. What the fuck ever? Well, yeah, whatever the fuck they're called. I, uh, what do you want from me? I thought it was a great sequence. It gave him the opportunity to kill all of the randos that were there. But he had already done it that all, by the time that she had challenged him. It also, well, that's what I'm saying. If she, he's able to do that while she's firing a blaster at him. The, the, the elite, the creme de la creme of the Tal Shiar was missing this dude. Like it's a fucking space ninja. Because Elnor took a shot of Mountain Dew and went spider monkey on. <laughs> oh, it's all spider monkey on your ass, old man. Anarchy! <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, <laughs> I I completely disagree. I think it it shows it was it was meant to show Elnor's battle prowess. I, I have no problem with that. Okay, well then, why are you poo-pooing her using a fucking going hand-to-hand when a blaster obviously wasn't working? It gave her the opportunity she, okay, to the, kill Hugh. The the blaster not working, okay, I can see that because he's, you know, crawling around like a fucking spider monkey all up and down the walls. Okay, that's fine, but she had the drop on him. 
She had her blaster pointed right at him. All she had to do was squeeze the trigger. He wasn't going to fucking phase out of existence whenever she shot him. You don't know what they can do. This is a brand new nun, battle nun, that they've introduced to Star Trek. You don't know what battle nuns can do. Okay, well, especially her shooting at him and him, like, you know, disappearing. dodged it or deflected it with his sword. Would have been more plausible than, okay, I'm just going to holster my weapon so we can go hand to hand. Uh, Again, she did that to kill Hugh. Yeah. She knew she okay, wasn't going to be so, able to kill him. Oh, yes, she didn't kill that to kill Hugh. No, 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 no. Here, here, here. Uh, no, here it is. strategic, man. Here it is. Okay. Bang, bang, pew, pew. I'm going to go hide. Hey, pew, pew, stop. Let me poke my head out. Oh, knife to the throat. Perfect reason. Yes, bang, bang, pew, pew. That sounds like a song. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? No, I mean, like, you're going to take cover, and he did. Hugh took cover. Whenever there was fi- uh, firing going on, uh-huh. right? Oh, I don't want to get hit. Now all of a sudden the fire, the 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 shots are st- have stopped. He pokes his head out to watch this 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 hand to hand combat battle, which did exactly what she wanted it to do, which was get him to poke his head oh, out. Oh, she didn't and know. throw a knife. She had no idea he was going to poke his head out. Dude, I'm she's got you, you, are, you are reading and apologizing for a badly <laughs> nope. written scene. No, no, nope, no. She's nope. got her fingers everywhere. She knows exactly oh what everybody God. is thinking. Whatever. She's fucking space, Cersei. She fucking knows, man. She fucking knows. We haven't talked at all about what's been going on on the fucking ship. Like at all. And I feel like we're doing a disservice to the actress that plays the doctor, whatever that I forget her name. Gerardi. 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 Uh, Agnes Pill is the actress. And the chick who plays Rafi. Because those two, I thought, did a fantastic job in this episode, especially given the limited screen time. You guys disagree? No, I, I think the I think what's happening on the La Serena uh, was good this episode. So Gerardi is, is fucking losing it. I mean, she's murdered her, her lover. She's helping the Romulans track them down and, and find other dogs. She knows when she finds other dogs, she's going to be compelled to try and kill other dogs. And I don't think she's got a taste for murder. So she's having some serious anxiety about completing the mission that, that O set her on. And I think that's why she did what she did. She was either one trying to kill herself and kill the tracker at the same time, or two trying to kill the tracker and hoping it didn't kill her, but was okay with it. If it did right, because she's a medical doctor. They established that in the book as well. And they also established her character in the book has absolutely no fucking way of hiding her emotions. Everything that she's thinking is plainly written all over her face, which is why I think Rios is about a fucking moron at this point, because (laughs) the actress is playing her to a T. I mean, she's, she's displaying everything that's going on in the back of her head, plainly on her face. And Rios is not picking up on any of the bodily clues, but all Rios wants to do is get his dick wet. That's true. <laughs> so he's like every other fucking first officer in Starfleet ever. <laughs> well, no, Spock like, wasn't like that. Okay, except for Spock. All right, but he's basically uh, Jim well, Kirk and fucking Riker. Like Riker fucked everything in space. <laughs> fucking, I'm assuming, so is Rios. Spock <laughs> was like that, uh, what was it, like every seven oh, years? Oh, during the Ponfar. Yeah, Ponfar, yeah. Bonfar, Bonfar, yeah, yeah. yeah, seven years. 
So I like Rios a lot. I I really do. I, I thought it was hilarious. Why he was thought it was Rafi, who was the one who was doing that. And you're right because she's playing it the way she's supposed to be playing, it. and it's plainly obvious that she is having a hard time with everything. And I think Rafi is starting to understand that. Oh yeah, Rafi was going to try to get it out of her. I think Rafi was like, "All right, let's go over here, and I will give you a cocktail that will fucking make you." Tell me everything that I need to know. And she's like, well, it's just cake, right? Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whatever, yeah. The, whatever the fuck you need. It's just cake. <laughs> uh, Holy shit. The size of up. those fucking cake pieces. Oh, my, oh my God. God. The size God. of the puke that came out of her mouth. It was thick and gross looking. It was chocolate milk puke, man. It was chocolate milk it and was red velvet, velvet puke. Yeah. Yeah. Red velvet. Oh, God. It looked like velvet coming out of her mouth. I was like. <laughs> How did they get that in there? And then she just held it and let it out. Like I don't, I don't know the the Hollywood science behind it, but holy shit, it looked gross. It was gross. <laughs> Rafi, uh, I thought Rafi almost puking was perfect. Oh she's yeah, she's a sympathetic puker. I need help. Yep. I need help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's like. Burp. Damn E E was it uh, emergency hospitality? Yeah, uh, EHH. Like, got a hospitality yeah. emergency. Yeah, Doesn't why didn't that fucker out. show up? I don't know. Because nobody ever has a hospitality emergency, and, and was, he didn't want to clean up puke. <laughs> right? Yeah, who would? Yeah, nobody. Do they nobody have a? Uh, do they have a uh, EMH emergency made hologram? Okay, I'm glad you brought Cleaner. up EMH because why the fuck? Does the EMH not remember her killing uh, Maddox? I don't yeah, understand. Yeah, I don't either. Unless. There, unless she went in and erased it. I mean, she's a doctor, right? Like, she's not. Like, she's super smart. Yeah. She, like, she's working on synthetic She might have life. covered her tracks. So, yeah. yeah, it's possible. But it's not explained. So, are we just supposed to determine that that's what she did? I think, because, they'll, I think they'll explain that later. Um, technically, uh, she didn't kill him while he was still activated. He was dying, and she deactivated him while he was dying. But he you know? he said, "You have to." I can't remember the exact terminology he said, but you you, you disabled the what's the face of the the widget, and he's going to die now. And <laughs> a she, widget, yeah. And she just looked at him and and told him to go away. Yeah. So he knows that she could have saved him. She just chose not to, and he knows that. So I don't know is, why the EMH isn't. Now, and I can't I can't remember if in Voyager if that was if it was established or not, but does does the this EMH isn't a, this isn't a Starfleet ship. Let's make I, Well, I, yeah, but the, the original EMH didn't didn't he reset every time? Um, uh, at first, yes. At, at first, first and then did. they fixed it to where he could remember what was so that, happening yeah, you from know day what? That's day. a good point. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's just part of the part of the deal with him but, yeah, but you know, he knows he knows the yeah. captain because it's the captain um but then after that well yeah but that doesn't make sense know, because he knows the captain and he knows the idiosyncrasies of the captain so he's a, at least got some memory of the past yeah i don't know maybe he's just programmed to remember the captain yeah, maybe maybe because he's only there for an emergency he's not supposed to be used all the time like the one on Voyager was, which by the way, uh, Robert Picardo is the uh, actor's name yep, yep. that play. He actually announced on the coronavirus Star Trek cruise that's going on right now. Mm, yeah. That he's going to be on the second season. 
that they're in talks to have him on the second season. Yes. So I will see. I maybe we'll catch up with what the old uh, EMH doctor's up to now that he's been switched on for thirty years or twenty. I'm trying to remember when Voyager was. It's been uh, about twenty five. Uh, they came yeah. back shortly before the incident on Mars, so it's been about twenty. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think it was twenty two eighty three when they came back. 2287, somewhere around there. I need the star date. I don't know what you're talking about. 2387, I don't know. That's not a star date. That's a year. Right. Yeah, they still have years in, in Star Yeah, no, Trek. I get that, but I don't I don't follow that. I just go by uh, star dates because that's what starships use, and I'm the fucking captain. Oh, my God. Boom, bitch. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, um, yeah. so 7 and 9 apparently is going to be back on the artifact next uh Next episode, it, it looked it like look- she was interfacing too. Yeah, uh-huh. that's what I was going to ask. Uh, you think she's going to become a, a board queen? Twenty three seventy eight. Thing. Twenty three seventy eight was when uh, Voyager came back. Oh, okay. So a little earlier than what I thought. Uh, I don't think she'll be the board queen, but that thought went through my head like, "Holy shit, are they going to make her the board queen? Like, how's that going to work?" Uh, but yeah, it looked like she was going to get uh, get assimilated next week, which I think is like everything else we've seen is just a, a it's a red herring. You think so? Yeah, I don't think she's going to get assimilated, but I do think she interfaces to do something to either like get them out of a jam or like blow up the ship type of deal. Maybe she dies. Uh, Maybe I don't see. I mean, they that. killed off Hugh. Although, yeah. with their regenerative properties, maybe Hugh isn't permanently dead. No, he's dead. He's dead. He was he yeah. was gushing blood. Yeah, he's out. He's gone. Yeah, but Which they established fine. that the nanoprobes can bring a Borg back to life up to 72 hours after their death. That's true. Yeah, but that, I, yeah, I guess, I don't know, I guess we'll see next episode, but I, I, I have a feeling he's dead. I, it was a great callback to those episodes that everyone remembers from the next generation. I mean, when you think of the next generation, I mean, these are the episodes that really, really resonated with the fans. So you had the Hugh episode, you had the the uh, best of both worlds episodes, you had the all, like almost all of the data episodes. Everyone loved data, um, as a as opposed to Beverly Crusher and the having sex with a space ghost episode. <laughs> yes. Oh so, my God. Yes. <laughs> so there's did they, did they make pottery? <laughs> no, that no, was really weird. Though it was one no, of the weirdest it episodes. A lantern. It was a lantern. Uh, it was her grandma who was having sex with the space ghost first, and then she had sex with the same space ghost. I mean, God, there's a lot of weird sexual stuff going on in Star Trek. And then the space know. ghost possessed her grandma. <laughs> yes, like from the grave. Like yeah. she got up out of the fucking coffin and was like, ah from the dead bitches it was such a fucked up episode oh my god so fucking weird uh so but all of the things that we're seeing with picard are are are, is stuff that has resonated with the fans look again you get a little choked up when you see Riker and picard together and they're having these conversations and they're having this and Riker's doing what he did when he was the fucking first officer. He's telling Picard the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. Which, he He's is, not afraid to call no. Picard out on his bullshit. No, not and at he's, all. He's like the 15th person in this series to call him arrogant yep. too. I was going to say that he is. He like, 
like there's a running theme here where Picard just thinks because he's Picard, he can do whatever the fuck he wants and it'll all just work out. And Picard is slowly realizing yeah, I'm way too old for this bullshit. Like he, he's just not, he's not Captain Picard anymore. He's been on the shelf for too long. Right. And he doesn't have the stroke that he once had. He doesn't have the gravitas that he once had. And like, even he said, like the plan I put together turned out to not be a plan, more like half a plan. So this is all about Picard coming to grips with who he is now, who he was then and who he'll be before he dies or who he wants to be before he dies. Cause he's already got a legacy guys like Picard. He could have sat at the Chateau and been like, Oh, well, whatever. I have a legacy, but that's not who he wants to be. That's not who he wanted to be. You know, he didn't want to go out on, uh, on the failure that was rescuing Romulus. He wants to go out on the high that is recapturing what he had 30 years ago. Right. So I, I get that. Wants to go out on his own terms. He doesn't want to sit there and, and just wait for this disease that Troy obviously knows he has and that Riker obviously knows he has to, to eat away at him. He's like, nah, I'll go do shit. Go blow stuff up. I'll find myself a battle nun, a fucking uh, horny ass ship captain and, and a drug addict and we will fucking fuck shit up in the galaxy don't forget a uh, bulimic <laughs> yeah. and a fucking bulimic yeah binge and purr you know god damn uh, cake as big as a board cube holy shit she ate like two and a half pieces of that right it made <laughs> me sick gonna puke. <laughs> chocolate milk would be a bit much nah not when auntie raffi's around yeah auntie raffi's around yeah, whatever the fuck you want. I like Auntie Rafi. <laughs> I'm liking her character more, too. I didn't like her character at first, but she's growing on me. Well, I think she's figured out her place, which is what which is what the next generation was all about, was finding your place. We, we talked about this. Data, finding his place. Same thing, man. The characters are just finding their place. And Picard's saying that that these new this new crew has more baggage than, you know, his previous crew ever had uh eh, none of these people fucked a space ghost so i'm gonna go with <laughs> no Jeez. Uh, all right final thoughts um i, I do want to say that uh while most of the set pieces and things like that seemed pr- seem pretty well thought out um I've got a big issue with the medical replicator being a 3D printer. Um, <laughs> they should have at least removed the print head to, to make it look a little more sci-fi. But I mean, seriously, the, it's like, oh, hey, there's a 3D printer. I guess it's going to like print something out. No, it replicated something in the head, never moved. What the fuck? <laughs> nice like, catch. God, a little fucking lazy. Man, I, I don't know if it's lazy or not. Maybe just in, you know, lazy. 300 years. No, that that's what, that's what, uh, it's certainly faster than a 3D printer. Yeah, but they left the print head in there. That's my problem. <laughs> I'm okay do. with using the 3D printer, you know, shell. I'm okay with that. I'm not okay with leaving the, the head in there where you see it. And you're like, oh, it's a 3D printer. They're going to print something. Nope, they're going to replicate something. They didn't want to take that out. <laughs> Look at that shit. <laughs> Uh, did anybody else get the similarities of uh, the whole, uh, I, I don't, maybe not similarities, but the allusions to the Garden of Eden 
when Soji took a bite of the tomato? I mean, if they really wanted to go for it, they should have just made it a goddamn apple tree. Um, no, but I can I can certainly see the the juxtaposition there. Yeah, I can see the yeah. see how you saw that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it is a know. Garden of Eden, really, except for the well, fucking poisonous rabbits. But <laughs> the fucking poisonous rabbits. The fuck puts poisonous rabbits on a goddamn pizza anyway yeah no like the whole well you gotta all you gotta do is take the venom sack out yeah or unless or don't because then you can just puke up black bile i don't know that was definitely a teenage thing to say that would have been something i would have said (laughs) nope left them in enjoy it fuckos yeah that's all I. it makes the sausage spicy (laughs) it's a spicy sausage I don't know why I went with an Italian accent there. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, either. I uh, it's a Mario. It's a me, a Mario. James. Yes, sir. Is this episode of Star Trek Picard Nepenthe more sci fi than 112263? All right. Well, this is close because there's a 3D printer, and that's not sci fi. <laughs> And neither is anything that was an 112263. Thankfully, there's tractor beams, fucking androids, goddamn spaceships, and pew pew lasers. And you can replicate cakes as big as your fucking head. Yes, uh, Star Trek Picard de Pente is more sci fi than 112263. <laughs> Rob, you got a haiku for us? I do. Uh, this one is titled Riker the Chef. Activate the shields, scan for cloaking devices. Shit, the pizza burned. <laughs> it was just a tomato. Cancel red alert. It yes. was just a tomato. It was just the tomato. That's true. That's <laughs> true. Very nice. Who's got awards? Uh, yeah. Oh, I do. All right, Rob, who's got your black lung? I'm giving it to Rios for lighting one up to defeat the tractor beam. Okay. James? Yeah, no, that's that's who's getting mine. And on that note, like we all know how famously they all have to lurch back and forth and up and down and everywhere else when the ship is, you know, in distress, mm-hmm. right? When it's getting fired upon or they're in a tractor beam or whatever. I, I really enjoyed the shot of the ashtray and the cigar on a box while somebody underneath it just rattled the box <laughs> i really enjoyed that that's that's really selling it guys i appreciate it <laughs> very nice uh my black lung is gonna go to Riker for burning the tomato on the pizza oh that's a stretch man it was just one yeah. tomato just if one anything, tomato you but... give the the wood burning oven the black lung because no, it was Riker because he was the one cooking all- it that was a lot of smoke for one little yeah tomato and how do you burn. burn a single fucking tomato in a wood fire oven Sci-fi, baby. <laughs> Space ghost. Space ghost. James, who has your head lush? Uh, my head lush goes to Picard because fucking he day drinks. Yeah, he does. Even even in the middle of a fucking crisis where he doesn't know what to do and fucking Riker's about to tell him that he's a fucking arrogant prick. He's got to fucking look at the wine and go, do you mind? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good Jesus. one. Rob? Yeah, Picard for hitting the Riker bottle, um, <laughs> but he's a snooty head lush because he checked the label yeah, he did. first. Yeah, he did. Yep, he certainly did. He Is looked this, at that. And this worth my time? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this ain't no Chateau Picard. What kind of swill are you serving, Will? 
So mine is going to go to Riker again for getting drunk and saying Picard was the best captain in history. <laughs> in front of his kid, no less. Yeah. <laughs> huh, I must have been drunk. <laughs> I love that one. Uh, Rob, who's got your player? I'm giving it to Rafi um, because the cake is a lie. Ah, very nice. Very nice. James? Uh, I didn't. Who gets the player award when there's not anybody? Because there wasn't. I mean, she puked. If she hadn't puked, yeah, I wouldn't have. Imaginary six. I don't know what that is. Battlestar Galactica. Hmm. Okay. If you say so. Six. I've never watched Imaginary Six, the 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 I've six clone that never uh, watched Battlestar Galactica was imagining. No. Would, yeah. yeah. No. Okay. Just think of just think of you imagining Christina Hendricks bouncing around on your dick right now, and you get off. All right. So uh, That's basically uh, I the same get it. thing. I get it. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah I give the award to me. Okay. What? I don't know. I don't know how that works, but Moving whatever. On. What do you got, Jason? Uh, so my player award is going to go to Imaginary Six because I didn't see I didn't see anything worth it. I mean, even Romulan Cersei didn't fucking hit on her brother this episode, which is odd, but whatever. Right. I would have thought she would have hit on, I mean, if she's really Romulan Cersei, she would have hit on Elnor and or Hugh. Right. Like at the same time. Right. Like play to your strengths, lady. Play to your strengths. And guess what? Both of them are under your shirt. Uh, James, who has your purple hippo? Ah, uh, man, this was actually a tough one for me. Uh, uh, I, I, I gave it to uh, Dr. Gerardo. Anybody else remember Gerardo? No. No, you guys don't remember Gerardo? Uh, he was a rapper in the 90s. God, I'm old. Anyway, uh, I give it to Dr. Gerardo because... <laughs> She was struggling this whole episode. Oh yeah, she was. Yeah, yeah. She was. She was just always like right on the cusp of just breaking, and then she finally broke. Oh yeah. And so yeah, she gets my purple hippo. Rob, uh, mine goes to Girardi, uh, specifically for getting mind melded and proceeding to hurl. Okay. Uh, mine's also going to Girardi for replicating the uranium hydride. Uranium hydride hypospray and irradiating herself. I'm not exactly what medical use uranium hydride has in the distant future, but uh, you use it to get rid of tracking devices uh, that or you put yourself in a coma. Yep, chewed yep. on. See, I don't think I don't think she put herself into the coma. I think the doctor put her into a coma because so you she think was it's a medically some- induced coma. Yeah, yes, I think I medically induced. I think she was just foaming at the mouth like rabies. She had space rabies. <laughs> well, it was a neurotoxin. So it was, yeah. Very okay. possible well, that she yeah, was about to said, die unless he put her into a coma. Yeah, because they did say that it uh, it was a neurotoxin and uh, it I didn't depended think on the species. They needed to say that since, you know, it has uranium in the word. Right. Like, Don't put uranium in your body. Right. Under any circumstances ever. I don't know. But that's well, just me. There was there was that one time. At band camp? No, at Chernobyl. No. <laughs> oh my god. No. I was trying to make my dick bigger. Oh my what? god. Moving what the on. Fuck is that mutations. God damn. I don't know. Mutations. Jesus Christ. Uh 
Oh my god! <laughs> I don't even you know just, where to go from you can, just, you can just cut that part off. <laughs> you yeah. completely broke the show, Rob. Yeah, you, you have just broke you just the you show. Just that right on nope. out there, Jason. Leave that in. So Leave next week we will be continuing our coverage of Star in. Trek Picard while Rob fantasizes about you know sticking uranium in his dick. Uh, we'll be covering Star Trek Picard episode eight. That's it for this week. Our intro and outro music is Welcome Home by Cambo. Podcrawl music is Snack Mix Mine by Chet. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. You can leave us feedback on our Discord channel at smokinganddrinkinginspace.com forward slash Discord. On Twitter at status underscore podcast, or you can email us at smokinganddrinkinginspace at outlook.com. And if you'd like to f- throw a few nickels our way, you can become a Patreon supporter by going to smokinganddrinkinginspace.com forward slash Patreon. For this week, I'm Jason. Don't forget to give us your uh, suggestions. Uranium so he can stick it in his dick. No, no. I was going to say suggestions uh, for our Patreon requested episodes coming up soon. Yep. Get those in. And James, shut your whore mouth. <laughs> that's that's re- I was going to say something about Rico Suave since you two doorknobs didn't remember fucking Gerardo, but instead, uh, just send uranium to Rob from Bonus P. Perfect. And we'll talk to you next week. But first, he's the empathic Beta Z to my who the uh, fuck. But first, he's the empathic Beta Z who managed to settle down my held tit tit. God damn it. (laughs) But first, first, it's Crowley. (laughs) Also, we still have our Keanu Reeves Day petition up. So if you go to simply. (laughs) It's not at simply Stogies. If you go to smoking and drinking in space.com forward slash or fuck, let me start that over again. God damn, Can we, I am like redo off today. this entire episode. <laughs> so, Jeez. So there is a chance I could host this one. No. No, no there's not. No, there's damn. not a chance. <laughs>